For Thursday, August 5th, 2021, this is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE, answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, people fully vaccinated against the coronavirus are much less likely to get infected or seriously ill. But you can be part of that transmission chain And that still is the most important thing in terms of controlling the spread of this virus. Dr. Colleen Kraft, an infectious diseases researcher and physician at Emory University, joins me to discuss new evidence about how COVID-19 is spread and what that means for the next phase of the pandemic. That's next. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. You love free. And at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. From WABE Studios, the podcast where they read stories is a new children's storytelling podcast featuring notable Atlantans and performers reading classic and contemporary children's books. Each episode contains a story meant to entertain, inspire, and inform young listeners. No screens required. The podcast where they read stories features adaptations from both chapter books and picture books. Join us at WABE.org slash stories podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. WABE. Last week, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta updated their mask guidance, saying even fully vaccinated people should mask up in indoor settings. That change in recommendation was based on a CDC case study tracking a Delta variant-fueled outbreak of COVID-19 in Cape Cod in early July. That report was released in the agency's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, or MMWR. A substantial number of the hundreds of infections researchers tracked were among fully vaccinated people, many of whom carried large amounts of coronavirus in their systems. This represents a big update in our understanding of COVID-19, says Dr. Colleen Kraft, an infectious diseases researcher and physician at Emory University. She's with me now to discuss that report, what we're still learning about the Delta variant, and what it all means for our path forward. Dr. Kraft, thanks for talking with me. Thank you. Last week, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention here in Atlanta made a pretty notable change to their guidance about face masks. They came out and said there was new evidence that showed that it was useful for even fully vaccinated people to wear face masks, especially in indoor settings. And it came out later that there was a particular kind of case study the agency had done uh, informing this new recommendation. They tracked a number of infections on Cape Cod around the 4th of July holidays. This is something people have probably probably heard of by now, this particular outbreak in this particular study. What were your initial reactions to this report from the CDC? And uh, it would be great if you can kind of lay out what you kind of take away the report's big conclusions. 
Yeah, so I think there's a couple things. I think my initial thought, you know, on sort of a maybe a more superficial level was just concern that maybe the vaccine wasn't as protective as we once thought. I think that that's been sort of borne out a little bit differently in the data that's come out even since this outbreak. That was one aspect that was worrisome for me. And then in terms of um, the other part that I was concerned about was we really had thought that transmission even the carriage of virus like in our noses, you know, maybe before our immunity had time to work, really wasn't significant if we were vaccinated. And I think what this is showing is that we as vaccinated individuals and, you know, whether it's specifically the Delta variant or we just did a better job of checking for it with this study, if people are, you know, will carry quite a bit of virus in their nose, even if their immune system is protective against it, meaning you're not going to get hospitalized or be very sick from the virus, but you actually still may have the virus replicating in your nose um, for a certain period of time. So I think both of those are things that we had kind of banked on in terms of how we protected ourselves post-vaccination that kind of felt like they were uh, taken back with this study. I want to dig into that a little bit more. Were we necessarily certain that fully vaccinated people were less likely to spread and were less likely to have lower levels of virus in their system. My sense is that we were learning a lot about that with the other variants of the virus, but has Delta really flipped that script here? Has it changed our understanding or has it just made our understanding evolve? I do think that that has to do with our evolution of knowledge about COVID-19. I don't know that we completely... Uh, I think we focused so much on vaccination. It's not that we were testing a lot of people to see if the carriage was the same. And as someone that's done bioaerosol sampling in our hospital, I think the main thing that I know from COVID is that the longer you have it, the less you shed it. So that just means that as you're recovering, you shed it less and less. But we hadn't spent a lot of time really trying to determine if people had the same amount of virus in their nose. Sort of initially, we do know that people that were symptomatic and asymptomatic even before the vaccine had astronomically high levels in their noses and carried it. So we knew that before the vaccine, it didn't predict whether you were going to be sick or not. You just had a lot or you had a lot. Now, with this Delta variant and just the increased prevalence in the community, I think what we're finding is it's really probably still possible that we're carrying that. We just sort of lucked out because there was a huge rush of vaccination, and then we also had schools let out, and we had summer climate for most of the United States. And so I think our prevalence just really dropped because we had the previous virus that was less transmissible, and then also there was a big push towards vaccination. But what we're having now is this mutated virus that's coming in, and um, and I do think that we're learning that probably you can still carry it around with you, especially the Delta variant, if you're infected, even though you're vaccinated. What big questions do you still have about Delta, kind of thinking specifically about what we have learned as of late? It's, it's ability to uh, still infect vaccinated people and for vaccinated people to still potentially spread it. Right. So I think that it's worrisome because we have been banking so much on that being not the case. And this is why masking guidelines were relaxed. We were banking on the fact that if you were vaccinated and you were among vaccinated people and you were all asymptomatic, that you indeed could remove your mask. But now what we're learning is that this variant can be still spread 
and it can infect you, and some people can be seriously ill. I mean, it's a much, much, much smaller than unvaccinated individuals, but there's still a risk there. And then that brings us right back to what I feel like is square one, which is now we're back to stopping transmission, which means everybody needs to be masked again. I think what probably caught a lot of people's attention, thinking back to this particular study about this Cape Cod outbreak, uh, is this number, you know, three quarters of all cases that CDC uh, epidemiologists tracked were among fully vaccinated people. Uh, But my understanding is that's not quite the full picture. I I think that that might not truly uh, explain uh, the ways that these vaccines still are quite effective at, at protecting people. Yes, I completely agree, Sam. I think what we're seeing is some of the studies that we're doing, I mean, you're not, you can't sample, you know, millions of people, right? So this was symptomatic individuals who had tested positive. And so, you know, there's going to be a much larger group that, um, you know, are asymptomatic, for instance, and carrying it, and then also who are asymptomatic and not carrying it, right? So it's just hard because it's focused on an outbreak. So, and you're selecting sort of the people that you're using as that representative denominator. I think one of the things that you know, I think you've been really great at, and I think our listeners need to continue to push themselves, is figuring out what the data is actually telling us. And the data is not telling us that vaccinated people, you know, are at super high risk. It's just saying, like, they can still get infected. I think it's a little bit more of a statement rather than sort of a, a statistic. For someone who has been trying to really synthesize everything that they've maybe learned uh, or heard in the last week, how would you explain to them their risk if they are a fully vaccinated person, especially in light of of Delta? And if we want to think about infection um, and then how those infections could potentially play out with with hospitalization and potentially death. Yeah, so I have to um, attribute some of my knowledge to Dr. Mary Beth Sexton, who's a hospital epidemiologist here, and so she and I got to chit-chat about this today, so I'm appreciative to have somebody else to talk about it because it is a lot of data coming in. From my perspective, as somebody that's in a hospital position, my concern is, are vaccinated people staying out of the hospital? And that is the case. So even if you get Delta variant viral infection, you will not have a serious infection, statistically likely to not have a serious infection or be hospitalized or die. That is a huge relief. Now, I think the caveat, which is what this study in the MMWR tells us, is that even if you're vaccinated, you can still acquire it. You likely won't have very many symptoms, but you can be part of that transmission chain And that still is the most important thing in terms of controlling the spread of this virus. So I have children that are starting back to school, people kind of starting to modify their behavior. Um, You know, there's a bunch of things that like I might have gone to two weeks ago, I will not go to now, gatherings, et cetera. And so I think, you know, what we're seeing is trying to sort of pivot our behavior back to saying, you know what? I could still bring it from person A to person B, and person B might have an immunocompromised or an elderly family member who may be vaccinated, but maybe the you know is on chemotherapy or having something with their immune system. Like we still could put people at risk that we don't want to put at risk by being a source of transmission. So I think that that realization is kind of slowly dawning on all of us. 
that we have to kind of go back to saying, okay, even though we're vaccinated, that's really good for us as individuals, but we still need to be part of this community where we stop transmission to those who may actually get sicker for whatever reason. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? I'm Sam Whitehead, talking today with Dr. Colleen Kraft. She's an infectious diseases researcher and physician at Emory University. We're discussing what we're learning about the Delta variant and what it means for the pandemic. It seems like the last few weeks maybe represent a little bit of an inflection point in the pandemic in a bunch of different ways. As vaccines uh, have been rolled out slower and slower, we've seen cases rise across the country, especially in the last few weeks, really fueled by the Delta variant. You know, we were told earlier in the summer, if you're vaccinated, you can take your mask off. Now that's kind of been reversed. How do you think about kind of where we are right now? Because it's kind of a confusing time, I think, for a lot of folks who felt like they were maybe on uh, the way out of, of this pandemic and on to whatever came next. Well, I will tell you that my husband feels punished, you know, because he's been vaccinated. He's been taking care of himself. He's been trying to stop transmission. And then now he's got to go back to universal masking. So I think there's definitely that sense of I didn't want it to be this way. As somebody in healthcare, you know, we've been masked since the beginning and we have not changed. So there's not a difference for me at work. But for me, actually at work, I feel like we're back in July of 2020. We have the same numbers in the hospital. We have very sick people. We have very sad stories. And, you know, I think it's really hard and discouraging for those of us who have been trying to support our colleagues here, been um, going through this. And then obviously all this other personal Um, you know, it's a global pandemic. There's a lot of things going on for a lot of people trying to figure out how we could be here again. I think there's a lot of disillusionment. So trying to figure out how we can remain optimistic, encourage people, save people's lives, make sure that we're not getting any more burned out is sort of like a focus right now. But I I think it's, it's hard to go back to stopping transmission again because it feels very basic and like we're going back to square one. I uh, understand that perspective. You know, you, you mentioned your husband saying he feels like he's been punished. I, when I hear that, think, though, about, you know, the ways that the risk profile has just fundamentally changed for fully vaccinated people. I myself um, have been fully vaccinated. Most of my close friends and family members are people who I associate with regularly. And I I've had kind of a hard time wrapping my mind around the real risk that I face from Delta. You know, I can deal with wearing a mask again. It's maybe not the most comfortable thing all the time, but sure. Um, but just the, the risk that Delta poses to me in my in my circle, considering we have been fully vaccinated, it seems like it's maybe hard to think of it as being punished when like I've got this vaccine in me now. So I just feel like my risk is a lot lower. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you're a great optimist, Sam, although I will also have to say that my husband is an optimist, just even though I didn't describe him that way. But I think that, you know, trying to hold on to your own individual um, prevention, I think probably is a good positive way to get through this time. I think I just feel a little bit like the weight of the hospitals on my shoulders, whether that's actually the case or not. I just worry and fret about those that have not yet been vaccinated and how we can get them there. Um, I continue to have dialogue with colleagues here at work who are not vaccinated to try to encourage them to do so, um, you know, for themselves, for their community, for their family. But you're right. I think we do need to focus on the fact that if you truly look at the numbers, which, you know, and sometimes you have to dig, 
fully vaccinated people are not going to the hospital. And so focusing on the fact that, you know, if you're in a circle that is fully vaccinated, you know, I would still wear a mask right now because there is a lot of transmission and you don't want to transmit it outside of your circle. But I think that you don't need to be stressed that you're some, this is somehow going to evade your immune system and, and cause you great harm. So I, I think that's a good perspective to have, Sam, and I'm actually appreciative for it today. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who leads the CDC here in Atlanta, has said multiple times that at this point, this is really a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We've seen more and more data come in that the vast majority of people who end up severely ill, hospitalized um, and end up dying at this point are people who are unvaccinated. Is that how you think about where we are um, just with regards to who is really at risk at this point? Yeah, I do definitely feel like that's where we are. But but I think also, um, you know, we as vaccinated people are still part of the transmission chain. While I think there's, you know, a lot of focus on the unvaccinated, I do really think that we need to continue to see us all as, as a community together and figure out how we can really support those who aren't unvaccinated, at least getting them to the point where they're no longer going to be part of the transmission chain. I agree with Dr. Walensky that it's a epidemic of the unvaccinated, but the vaccinated, you know, even with this last MMWR, we do participate in this pandemic still. And so I think I, I want to make sure that, you know, I think that's added pressure for those of us that want to make sure we're not part of that transmission chain to anyone to go back to that universal masking, which again, is not where a lot of us wanted to be a year and a half in. I wonder how you think about this, because my general sense is that among people who have done what they feel is, you know, the quote unquote right thing and gotten vaccinated, I, I think that there's a lot of probably anger uh, and judgment out there among people who have gotten vaccinated, uh, you know, towards people who have made the decision not to do that. And I think that what underlies that is maybe this assumption that had enough people gotten vaccinated quickly enough, we wouldn't be here. Is that the case? If the U.S. had gotten enough people vaccinated quickly enough, would we find ourselves uh, where we do now, having to put masks back on um, and seeing uh, another surge of the pandemic driven by this new variant? Yeah, I think if we would have got, I think a truth that we could say is if we had been vaccinated, like what the data shows us, right? Because what you're describing is something we haven't achieved. And so we are sort of basically trying to predict, could we have actually achieved herd immunity? And I do think that there's some areas of the world that are much better and some states in the United States that are much better. And I still think they are still being affected by Delta variant. You know, I think what I'm personally worried about is people that are unvaccinated dying or getting very sick. And so I think what we would have been at that we know for sure from the data is we would have had been able to weather outbreaks a lot better and people would not be as sick, right? So we know that if more people gotten vaccinated, there'd be less people in the hospital than there are now. That's something that I think is true. Whether or not we could have gotten to herd immunity before the variant took hold, that actually, I think, really remains for debate because we were racing the variant as it was coming into the United States. And I, you know, I, I'm not sure you know, at our trajectory of vaccination uptake, I don't think we were going to beat it. We were just really hopeful that we could. Um, and so I think the next phase of this needs to be that we really, again, focus on stopping transmission among everyone, even those who are vaccinated, so that we don't have sort of a next variant surge. 
like it's August 2021 currently. And my preference, you know, with my children starting school would be that we don't have that winter surge that we had. And I think that's to me, if we have to have a short term goal as a nation is let's focus on stopping transmission so that we actually can try our holidays again. Um, or at least, you know, once we're having to go inside more given um, the climate, then we can um, weather, you know, that type of a surge and not crush our hospitals. Last January was an incredibly low point for um, healthcare workers across the United States. What is your vision for, for what the next phase looks like? I mean, I feel like what we've seen from Delta as it's really driven infections in other parts of the world is while it has swelled quickly, it's also dissipated quickly. And, and certainly um, there's been a, a humongous human toll uh, that it's left in its wake. I mean, is that kind of what we can expect to see here? And if that is the case, what does that mean for where we are with the pandemic uh, come the winter holidays, if we want to think about that as a as kind of an, a next goalpost? Yeah. So, Sam, if you would have asked me two weeks or three weeks ago, I would have said that we would only be having sort of small blips for the rest of this pandemic. You know, there's always a fork in the road, if maybe. But if we go down the pathway where we, um, you know, Delta burns out quickly, there's increased vaccine uptake, we don't have any more problems with viral variants, I think it's possible we could attempt you know, our new normal. Um, I think, you know, the first couple of weeks of July or the last couple of weeks of June were quite nice because it felt like we could actually do things that we had wanted to do for a long time. One fork is that if it burns out quickly and nothing comes after it, you know, the winter sort of respiratory season may be more balanced with flu and other respiratory viruses. But, you know, if this continues and you know, surges and breakthrough viruses and everything are going to continue to plague us, then that to me is a lot different than I saw saw it happening. I would have told you that that's not likely to happen. Like the surge that we're in now, I would have told you is not likely to happen. But I think that we really need to be conscientious of, you know, it's one thing to have sort of waxing and waning endemicity for a long time of COVID. And, you know, we can work that into our healthcare system. We can work that into our testing that's um, unfortunate for the smaller number of people that get it. But if we're going to continue to have these surges, you know, cumulative surges in a row are going to have longer and longer devastating consequences to healthcare workers, healthcare systems. And again, this is my perspective as a, as a healthcare <laughs> administrator. We're still not seeing the full fallout from having these types of waves um, for people that have other diseases that aren't being treated and so I think, you know, we've got these two paths, and I'm, I'm actually not sure which one will go down. I mean, we can be optimistic that Delta's going to burn out, but then, you know, I didn't expect Delta to really take hold and be as transmissible as it, as it was. So I think that's where I am. Dr. Colleen Kraft is an infectious diseases researcher and physician at Emory University. Did you wash your hands? is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. 
That's also where you can leave us a rating and a review. That really helps other people find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Hey, y'all. I'm Mark Kendall. And I'm David Perdue. And we're the hosts of What's Good Atlanta, the new weekly comedy podcast from WABE. On What's Good Atlanta, we run down uplifting and unusual headlines from the universe known as Atlanta. And while we may not be journalists, we are comedians, and we'll be breaking down news and breaking down the stories that make you smile. We're just trying to see what's good, Atlanta. Episodes drop Fridays at WABE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I get mine from a guy named Craig. Shout out to Craig. Mm -hmm. (laughs) W-A-B-E.